What's up, investors? We've got a really cool coaching call with a little bit higher net worth investor today, $4 million. And I think it'd be good that a lot of you guys who are on the road to financial independence, check out all the coaching calls and what I would recommend. And we we archive all this in our member site, which you guys can get free access to by joining the club at simplepassivecashflow.com slash club. What I do is I arrange all the, these coaching calls, and I think there's several dozen of them now in the archives. But we arrange them in terms of net worth. If you're a dude who's still starting out half a million dollars in net worth, you start there and you work your way down. If you're already to two million, you start there and you work your way down. And eventually you'll find this call, Four Million Engineer John. And then it's all part of the journey, right? One thing I will mention, I've talked to a lot of higher net worth investors, even those past endgame, which I define as four to five million dollars net worth. The reason why I call that endgame is because any bozo can invest four or five million dollars and make a five, 10% return. You should be able to live off of that and pass it off to your bonehead kids if you don't teach them the right way to actually make money, work for you for money, trading time for money. That's what we don't want. Yeah. If you guys join the club, you guys can get access to that big list. Simple slash club. And I'll be out in Seattle here in a little bit. Hopefully you guys meet up in person, but check out all our events at simplepassivecashflow.com slash events. If you guys aren't part of our family office group, basically these events are a chance for us to meet you, myself to meet you and you to meet me and get a good sense of who you are to see if you're a good fit for the family office, Ohana group, which is our inner circle. If you guys want more details on that exclusive group, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash journey. But if you're somebody out there who thinks that Simple Passive Cashflow community is the only group out there with high net worth accredited investors investing in this sort of way, you're right. There is that's, We are the only group. There are a lot of copycatters, but they aren't that great, in my opinion, because trust me, I've been there. And this is why I created this group for this high caliber type of people. Now, you cannot just mooch off of these pop-up events we have, right? This is like your one opportunity to come and check out our community. If you really want that community, number one, go find it on your own. Or number two, join our family office group. Sorry, but we have always have these new investors coming in. If you take a look at the people who came to our last Hawaii trip, half of the people were family office of Ohana clients, and the other half are this revolving door, right? People will come in, they want to check out the group, they want to see if it's all real, they want to see if I'm a real person. I get it. I would be thinking the same thing. But what happens is what most people will do is they'll come in, they'll like it, they'll start investing, but they'll need to put their head down back in their work and make more money. Eventually, I would say four to five years later for most people, and if you're $1.5 million net, you save fifty dollars to $100,000 to put to investments, you're going to be financially free probably in three to five years easily if you implement going into good deals, the tax strategies, and infinite banking. Super simple. That's why it's simple passive cash flow. And at that point, after let that time go by, let it bake in the oven for three to five years, social connections with this kind of family office Ohana group is going to be what you're looking for. And you will probably join the family office group at that time. But I think this is where what new investors do is they try it out, they jump into some deals, and then they just have to go back and work and just let this stuff simmer over time. Because this is not a get rich quick stuff that we're doing. It's a get rich slowly kind of way that takes several years to get the momentum going. I started investing in 2009, and a lot of people don't realize from 2000 to 2000, or 2009 to 2015, going from zero to 11 rentals. That was just such a slow grind for me at the time. Now things are moving a lot quicker. Network, just 
money too. But what people don't realize is when you're in that area between non-accredited investor status to two to four million dollars net worth, it's it's a slow grind. But there are ways to accelerate, which is building a peer network, which is why we have the founding office group. But anyway, enjoy the show. Hopefully we can meet in person. And yeah, here we go. This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. Hey folks, we've got another coaching call here with John Jacob Jingleheim Smith. His name is my name too. And John's got about a few million dollars net worth. Might be four, might be five. But once you get past two million, it's you just trying to get to that next shelf, which is four and a half, five million. And then I feel like the next one is around 10, just because people like double digits. But we're going to go through his personal financial sheet and see if what problem he's got. And because it's probably something that you guys have. If you guys like these, please join the investor group at simplepassivecashflow.com slash club. And if you guys also like these, go to join our family office group where we do this with every single member and every, all the members each, but it's more of an intimate group. We only have uh, 80 people in there now. It is a closed group. Biggest rules, what's said in the family office group stays in the family office group. But uh, John, why don't you uh, give us some context? Tell us about yourself a little bit. Sure. I live in California, married, three kids. I've been one of those guys that wanted to be a millionaire by the time I was 30. Wanted to hit it. Did it in stocks, not in real estate, and then lost it all. So had to rebound and it took about 25 to 30 years to completely rebound. Within that time frame, probably bought and sold about 13, 12 to 13 homes. I've kept three of them, two of them, three of them is rental. I don't have any rentals anymore. I've gotten rid of them all. We basically liquidated so we could buy a house in California because it's really expensive. But I think it was a good move because our house has doubled in the last three years. So from that perspective, I feel like it was a pretty good investment. Same thing I say every time I put like a $5 chip on the hardware that disappears every time. But when I finally get it, I tell myself that was a good move. You just never know. So again, (laughs) it's a gamble just like anything else, but it paid off in this case. For now, who knows what can happen in 5, 10, 15 years. You just never know what's going to end up happening. I'm a W-2 worker, but I'm a serial entrepreneur, always looking to find out the best methods. But ultimately right now where I'm at, the reason I've connected with Lane was the passive cash flow. We have some money uh, in our banks and I'd like to just get it to work for me a little bit better. I found a couple of investment opportunities. Some are risky, but they're paying off and they've been paying off for the last year and a half, two years. So that's been good. But And, and it's been a pretty good, pretty good return on that per month type of thing. But I've been really cautious and only put $10,000 into that risk. That being said, I hate paying taxes. I hate paying taxes. I and I hate paying the government and I hate paying the mafia here in town <laughs> for things that they do. I'll pay for things when they're fair and, and and so forth, but I feel like there's a lot of things here that just are ridiculous. But anyway, let's talk about how we can do this legally. So paint the picture for folks. Net worth 3.9 million. If you guys want to check this out on the YouTube channel, you guys can check it on the YouTube channel and follow along as we go through this cash on hand. Let's go through the bottom left quadrant. Salary and wages about 18,000 commissions and bonuses. What do you, is this mostly you or is it your spouse? How is this? No, it was just me. I haven't included my spouse stuff. She's a, she's a, a teacher as well. She doesn't really contribute to this portion of it. 
although she does contribute heavily because she takes care of the kids and so forth. But long story short was, no, this money's just mine. I've been fortunate enough. I'm a director of engineering and for a pretty uh, great company and they pay me well. The commissions? That's a bonus. It's just a bonus. I get out. Okay. You get a 15, 20% bonus every year. It's been okay. pretty consistent, but it's not guaranteed. All right. So you make about 20, 25,000 a month. Let's take a peek at the, the expenses side. You guys spend what about 15 grand a month? You got a family of three, right? Expensive living in California because you hang around with the Joneses to the left and the Joneses to the suckers like to spend some money, huh? Uh, we don't, we're pretty, pretty conservative. So we, this is for like sports for our kids and club ball and that kind of stuff. So right. no private school. No. Okay. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much you make, but it's what you net. Yeah. But still, you guys are able to net about 13000 a month, which is 150 a year. So awesome. Like I think a lot of people in our group, the younger ones are able to save thirty to fifty thousand dollars a year. The more senior folks like yourself with already assets producing income, you guys are out there above one hundred hundred fifty thousand a year. So you can go into a couple of deals every single year. Yeah, that was my plan was to look at trying to do two homes a year is what I wanted to do. But then I ran into you and, and we talked. I've, I've been watching you for three years. Obviously, you know that. But it's been one of those things. It's like just pull the trigger. Are you a non-accredited investor looking for opportunities to invest passively? How about a newer investor looking to get a bit of a track record and confidence from your skeptic spouse? And could you use the reinforcement of monthly checks paid like clockwork? The American Homeowner Preservation Fund, or AHP, is looking to bring new investors with them. I've been investing with them since 2016, and originally, I used it as a means to pay for my regular expenses. I started with $60,000 as my initial investment, and that paid for my car payment completely for me. AHP collaborates with existing homeowners to keep them in their homes by restructuring or selling the debts, unlike their competitors that just kick their homeowners out on the streets. It's a way to make great returns while feeling good about making a social impact. After investing myself in the fund, it was awesome when owner George Newberry saw the impact our simple passive cash flow monthly crew was making, approached me to become a spokesperson of the company. Invest as little as $100 by going to ahptitle.com. And if you want the free Burn Zone book, please claim it at simplepassivecashflow.com slash AHP. And if you haven't done yet, join our private investor club for more insider access. Go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash club. And, and one of the things that I'm trying to understand is uh, self-directed IRAs? Do I need to create a trust? How does, how's that, how's the best way to invest with you? Yeah, let's come back there. Let me just, so I want, I want to break down the, this uh, 3.9 million, just how it's made up. So you've got a bunch in, you got about 10% of that in cash. You've got about another 10 to 15% of that in various stock accounts mm-hmm. and the 529s. And then you got Another big chunk of that in about 800 grand in various retirement IRAs. Eight, I'm just adding this up off the top of my head. That's about half of your net worth. Where's the other half? Looking for it. The houses or you got about a couple million of equity in there. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that sounds about right. Cool. Where are, have you started investing in deals or rentals or any non- I've this whole year lane. My goal was to get into some wholesaling. We put a couple of bids on a couple of wholesales. Uh, they fell through. Uh, we never did get those. I'm trying to do it with a partner. We started doing that and it 
it, it was just, I just don't want to deal with ugly. What's, he's less than I am, but he's the real estate guy. Yeah. Uh, it guy. sounds like a classic case of he just got lucky working with some rich guy like yourself. <laughs> and he's, this is what I don't like about doing those types of deals. You're working with some broke guy. It's just a matter no, of, he's got, he, he lives here in California. He's, uh, he's with just his wife. They've done pretty good. He's got two condos that he's rented out and he just recently got this other one. We invest together. My, my plan was to handle the, the finance portion of it and then him get the real estate license, which he just went and got his real estate license. So that was the other thing that we were trying to accomplish. But, but John, you make this much at your day job. What are you doing dicking around with wholesaling houses? That's exactly what I thought. He hit the nail <laughs> on the head. I did this for six months and I'm like, what am I doing? This is wasted my time. Yeah. And this is the epiphany I think a lot of people come to, right? Like at the end of the day, as much as we say we're not trying to, we're all trading time for money. You make a good amount of money trading time at whatever this engineering directing you do. <laughs> that you're not gonna you're gonna make more money doing that than taking on the risk of what are your wholesaling thing. Okay, okay. But I think we're in alignment, right? You're kind of, okay, okay. But no rental properties thus far. Okay. Well, but no, that's but that's good. That's good. You said you had a bunch of these prior, right? So help me get my wealth. I think that was one of the things. Yeah, I think that's a lot of times. That's what I like to see. I like to see people who owns a rental property or two because it's a check the box. Because when, before yeah, exactly. you start to investing in this stuff as a passive, it's nice to know what the heck is in the black box. Yeah. You mean you know like. You mean you don't can't lease people up during the holidays? What the heck? It's the slow season. No man, people don't really move around during the holidays. I mean, at the end of the day, you want to you want to bring you want to be able to be smart about your taxes, and you want to invest in the right stuff. And that's why I really like your approach, Lane. As far as passive investment, I'm probably one of those guys that wants to be that guy. I just want to sit there and get twelve to fifteen percent per year. Yeah, but you're also an engineer. And not only are you an engineer, you're a director. So yeah. you're the worst analysis paralysis. <laughs> what is it that's holding you up? You've been, you've been stuck in this thing for three years now. Uh, You're still in business. What, okay, what you. is it? Or it might be a multitude and, and let's walk through them. Yeah, so a couple of things. Obviously, I told you earlier, I wanted to be a millionaire by the time I was 30. I was very close. I lost everything due to stupid, not having an exit plan, so to speak, not knowing anything, being stupid about things. And it took forever to come back. And so then the other part of it is just trust, right? It's really difficult to trust people, especially now that you're at that point. And so that's, you call stocking, but that's why I've been stocking. Here's Here's what I would do, right? Trust no one. Don't trust me, John. Don't trust me. But what, what the name of the game is or what I tried to do when I first started to do this is like you build relationships with other passive investors, right. other accredited people that don't have a dog in the fight. And you gotta, of course, you got to make sure that they're legit a little bit. When they don't have any kind of skin in the game, they're not getting any referral fee for sending you over. And you start to build deeper relationships with people. Right? Some people, what they'll do is they'll come on the retreat and they'll start just banging out questions. Who do you work with? Who should we stay away from? Has this been returning? I think that's the wrong way of doing it. People see through that and they know that you're just out it for themselves. Relax, spend a day or two in Hawaii, get to know people, get to know their, build a relationship with, and then let that stuff organically come out because people hold that stuff to the chest a lot of times because it took them a lot of time, money, and risk on their own part to get that precious information. 
they're not going to just give it up to some random person. But to me, that was one of the, what I did, you know, when I started to interact with people, started to build long-term relationships. Another hack that I did is I also built relationships with the lawyers doing the paperwork too. Some they were working with somebody that was a little shady. They probably informally tipped me off to do that, but that was how I went about doing it. How are you interacting or finding people of that caliber? Really tough. It's really tough. I'm, I'm in the process right now trying to find a tax strategist. I'm trying to find what's the best method. I've known about this bank on yourself type of thing that you guys uh, talked about, but I, I really want to talk to your guy and build that, that bank on yourself plan where you can get money quickly to start investing into this. I really want to do that. Uh, I want to also talk about re-divesting the 529 and getting the kids involved with potentially modeling or whatever so I can give them an IRA and and that kind of stuff. So I want to start planning that level. Uh, John, don't worry about that yet. You're going too far ahead of yourself. Those two things you mentioned are absolutely the most unimportant things for you right now. Mm -hmm. The order that we do this stuff is first go into deals that you don't get your money stolen with the right people. That is priority number one, because priority two is from those deals. So you might make some money, hopefully you do, but you're going to get the, the passive losses to play different games in your taxes. That's where you could potentially save hundreds of thousands of dollars in several years. If you're doing a little infinite banking policy, you get your $70,000 529 redirected. That's nothing, man. Don't waste your time on that type of stuff. No. Okay. And I think that I can tell already, this is why you're so successful at job, right? You're a technical guy, you focus in on things, and you just grab a hold of things, right? I do. And I solve problems. I mean, I solve really difficult problems and um, like a bulldog. Once I get in there and I tear it apart, like you said, I've got that engineering mindset. So I sit there and tear everything apart down to its base. And then I try to build it up but I don't have this background. And this is something that of the the approach, I've been on my own since I was 12 years old. I was a kid who lived in low income housing. So it's not like I had a silver spoon in my mouth and I've done everything by myself. But that's the hard part, right? In this financial maze, there's a lot of noise out there, such as like the self-directed IRA thing that we'll talk about here in a little bit. But just before we go there, infinite banking, it is a classic. Sometimes in the family office group, we talk about this thing for hours. We have literally four to five hours of calls were recorded on this one topic. And we joke because it's like, guys, just stop optimizing this stuff. It's a freaking commodity at the end of the day. It works. And if you optimize it, it really doesn't move the needle for you that much. So that said, for people listening, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash banking. Put your little email in there and then get the free infinite banking e-course. It's two or three hours, I think. Go through that. But Jeff, don't go through, don't do it yet. <laughs> I know you. You're focusing on the wrong problem, right? Later on, when you're in a few deals for several months, then and you have the time, then go back. But just trust me on this. It's not going to move the needle that much for you. I believe I, you've done a really good job, Lane. I've been following your career kind of a thing, so to speak. I, I, you've earned my trust. Okay. So if I earned your trust and, and we're going to put in a hundred or a few hundred thousand dollars into some test investments, where are you going to get it from? What, what I'd like to do um, is I have, I, I just basically divested. Uh, I have an IRA that has a hundred thousand dollars in cash. I just wanted to use that directly and move that into, that's why we talked about self-directed IRA because I want to move that over. Okay. And use that I, as a hundred thousand dollar test. I would use this liquidity first. You have four hundred grand on liquidity. Do you do it with that first? But that said, let's just 
make believe you don't have any liquidity. You're just making the problem hard, right? It's yeah, this money just sitting in my checking account and I'm, I'm earning 0.1 nothing. Yeah. So this is what you invest first. Okay. Right? So let's fast forward six months and you've blown through this stuff. Uh, where is it going to come from next? I think it should actually come from the non-IRA stuff first. <laughs> and you've got another 400 grand. Really, you don't need to make these properties harder. Well, because that's all in stock, though. That money's in stock right now. I've been chilling in stocks lately, but again, if I sell that, I'm going to be hit with a huge tax. So that's what I'm a little concerned on. Either way you are, right? Whether you liquidate it from the IRAs, take it out. Well, or... not if I do it with a trust through an SDIRA at that level, then there's... Or... Okay, let's talk about this. So people have done many coaching calls on like, taking money out of your retirement accounts, which is what I recommend for most people because you want to pay your taxes on this stuff today as soon as possible and not wait till the future when your tax bracket will go up and the general tax bracket for everybody will be going up in the future. Therefore, and you want to get your money out so that that you're complaining that you pay too much taxes. Well, the only way you're going to be able to do that is to well, get Well, I'm not paying now, though. That's the problem, right, Lane? I'm not paying any taxes because it's just sitting there in these yeah, accounts. But, but you will yeah. when you take it out. So, and so let's, like, it's a two-part test. So first, I look at your income. You're already... What is your AGI about? Just a gross income. I mean, right here, my, is that what my take-home is? Minus maybe 20, 30 grand usually is what it is. What's your uh, take I mean, home? I, no, not your take home, but your total income. Um, What's your salary and bonus? 215 plus 30, we call it 245, 250. And then you add your spouse. To she that. has another 50, so we're 300. Okay. Okay. So unless you're above 330, which is the highest tax bracket. So we'll look at the tax brackets, right? You're slightly under that big yep. jump from 24 to 32. What I would do is I'd be leaking out a little bit every single year to take you right up to that or maybe overflow a little bit, no big deal. Hold on a second, there's kids going in there. Give me one second, pause. But you follow why, I mean, the, your AGI numbers will change here there, but I just want to make you understand what you're trying to do. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to understand what you mean by AGI. So that's adjusted, like, yeah. I'd say it's 127. It's not 127, no. It, yeah, you go look at your taxes and just yeah, search for AGI. It's probably really dang close to 300. I don't believe that's the case, but we'll look. I'll look. Okay. Yeah. But uh, you... for this example, let's just assume it is. So you're going to leak out a small amount, but like you have so much, it'll take you, if you were to leak out 30, 40 grand per year, it's going to take you 10 years to leak all this stuff out. Or no, it's going to take you 20 years to leak all this stuff. And you, you Explain to me what you mean by that. I'm not following it. Take it out of your retirement account, pay the taxes, pay the penalty. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Most people will get be like, oh, you said you're going to take the penalty. Who cares? You're paying 10% if you're going to make that back in a year or two. And then it's all gravy after that. Interesting. But uh, you paying taxes on it, you're going to have to do it one way or another, either now or later. Right? Yeah. But if you take it out, I thought, you know, with the distributions, obviously the 401k always talks about through it um, is you, you take out your minimum distributions and you're lower in the tax rate. So I mean, that's what they say, but I don't know how true that is. Because you're broken. They're talking about most people who are broke in the future. That's right. I haven't talked to anybody that's rich, that's that's retired about this. I've never talked to anybody about this, to be honest with you. This is the paradigm shift, but this is not that complicated that a guy, certainly like a guy like you can't understand, right? And this is where, this is your job. You're not looking for a tax strategist. You're looking at them in the mirror. This is your job, my friend. I know, but it's so difficult. There's so many things that the tax IRS codes and stuff. No, there isn't. 
Really? No, there isn't. Look at the tax brackets and try and estimate where your AGI is going to be. And that's how much taxes you're going to pay. And strategically, do you want to bump it up or do you want to bump it down in a year? It's not hard. What's hard is what you do at your day job, John. That's the hard part. This is easy. I, I just wish I could see it that way. I, it's really difficult for me to understand that uh, for some reason. I'm just not, that paradigm shift has not happened yeah. here. It's, it just, you need practice, right? You make, Let's just say your adjusted gross income was 200 a year or so, right? Then the, the prudent thing might be to like take out 100, 150,000 every year. You following? To kind of really get up to that, those higher tax brackets. Wait, what do you mean by take out of your retirement? They get the cash. Okay. 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 Because once you go over a certain AGI amount, and this changes every year, right? Because they slightly go up every year, but I'm teaching you the principle. Yeah. Once you get up to that higher amount, now you're blowing red, right? You're paying more taxes per dollar that you take out. The right. key is to leak it out slowly so you don't go into the red. You don't redline your engine. Some people, you're, it's your money. You can take it all in one year if you want. You can say, F it. Let's take out all 800. Your AGI will balloon up to a million dollars and you'll pay a whole bunch of it at the 50% tax rate. Not yeah, super- it just does not make sense to me. Yeah, that doesn't. And I wouldn't do it. Unless you were super confident you had another tax mitigation strategy and you wanted to really be aggressive. But what I'm saying here is, well, let's be prudent. Let's take it up to that 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 part where things get really rough in terms of your tax. Bracket. Under 330 is what you're saying. Yeah. Got it. So you take out enough to cover up. So where when I bring out enough, so let's say at 200, I bring out 130 or 125, call it. I pull out 125. I take that tax hit at 24% on that. As opposed to... The other dude is taking it out at 32 plus, right? Mm-hmm. Now, this is different for everybody. And I'm still shooting from the tip here. I'm not giving you any tax advice or here, but this isn't rocket science. Right. And we don't know what's going to happen in the future in terms of tax brackets, but our hunch is going to go up and things are going to get rougher. It's going up. It's going up. A trillion dollars, it's definitely going up. But this is just, you, we make a prudent plan, we follow it. But even at, at this place, you're so close to that highest tax bracket already. It's going to take you freaking forever to t- jailbreak this stuff so maybe you might want to be more aggressive and you might want to pop into that higher tax bracket a little bit every year but now you have the ability to ponder this right on the right thing you know how these things work i was almost like you would think that there's i'm a spreadsheet kind of guy right understanding this like i'm a process guy it's got to be a process that we go through that's why i like the sand key i use lucid chart every day uh, at work to show what we're trying to accomplish and i think the, the sand chart is very similar to what that is or sand key. I just haven't grasped that, but I guess I wanted to see that process of what do you do? And then you could run different scenarios like the Monte Carlo scenario. You do that for your, it, it's very similar to that. So one of the things you've, and I think I've told you this is six Sigma and data is something that is very near and dear to my heart. And so I would say I'm from master black belt and six Sigma methodologies. And it, it's got to make sense. It's got to have the data behind it. And so the strategies that you're talking about actually make sense. Just got to put it, I got to put that down on paper to see yeah. how it works. Or play it, let's just walk through it. Let's play it on our head and make a okay. few different options. And then luckily this isn't going to, you need to make a decision now or in the next couple of years. This is all in front of you and you can have your subconscious mind work on this a little bit. But yeah, you're trying to, you're trying to get this 800,000 out so you can invest the cash so you can get the passive losses from it. Because when you invest through this type of stuff, you aren't getting the passive losses. 
I see you got some crypto up here, and eh, not much. Never mind. It's pretty negligible. You're screwing around with it. So forget yeah. it. But that's what you use the IRA money for. It's non-real estate tax advantage stuff like crypto or. I'm going to use the IRA for non-tax advantage stuff. Yeah, crypto is going to be taxed. Or and or like private money, like that type of stuff, non-tax advantage type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, we're trying to get away from that type of stuff. We're trying to go to the passive investor, passive income land from the active order. But the other thing is. The only other reason why, there's two reasons why I would probably prescribe a qualified retirement plan or a self-directed IRA is if they're already in the highest tax bracket, which I would consider you in there. You're not quite in there. Like you're, you're making four hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars $800,000 a year, but you're in there. The second reason is if somebody already has a significant amount in their IRA. What I call significant is a quarter million to half a million dollars in their IRAs, which you do have here. It's not like you're not as bad as some of these other guys, John, though. Some of these other guys, their net worths are like 1.5 million, way less than yours. And they have a million dollars in their IRA plus, and they make a boatload of money. Too. Well, that's because that's what, though, that's what the, everybody tells you to do. Yeah. The world tells you to do. And we become puppets on the world, right? This is what you're taught in school. So no some, one better, some, some better puppets than others, right? Yeah. For you, like, what I would suggest is I wouldn't decide anything on here now. Maybe try and leak out. 50. Just take your stuff up to 330 or that next higher tax bracket every year. But that's that doing that is a non-decision. It's still punting it forward because you have so much in there. But you have so much time to think and ponder if you're going to con, you know, increase that or stop that. because Or just don't even take money out of here. Just, just stay frozen for now. Because you have so much other investable funds. You have 400 grand here and you have 400 grand here. Get that stuff deployed first. Get proof of concept with who you're investing, what you're investing in first before you start messing around with this IRA stuff. I know you mentioned you want to get it going first, but I would say hold off. Because one thing is, one thing I'm thinking of, you have so much money here. If you deployed this and you deployed a million dollars, this could possibly... You could retire on this if you wanted to and still go part-time. My ultimate goal is one of the things that we talked about was when you want to retire. My, my plan was to retire when I was 57. That's four years from, three years from now almost. That's probably not in the realm of retiring with kids. No, it is. It certainly is. You just, right now you have all these soldiers not doing jack for you right now. That actually, the stocks and bonds. So let me just tell you, give you that. I put 120 into the stocks. I took it away from my uh, financial advisor. I took it away from my financial advisor because he was charging me $85 to do a trade and it pissed me off. So I bought some Tesla with him. I told him buy it at 300. He didn't get it in until 340 or 350, but still he charged me $80. And I was like, there's free charges everywhere. So I took it away from him. And it was 100 and 121,000. I've in the last three or four months, it's gone to 321. So I'm doing it myself, right? Yeah. And watching it on daily. And I moved it to, to something that doesn't cost me anything to do trading. And I've bought certain things. I, I'm in the industry of things and I know what's going on with a lot yeah. of different companies and I've invested wisely. So those, I, I guess that my point was, is it's still a gamble, but even investing in, in syndications is a gamble. Let's not worry about this yet. It's working. It's doing something. The big priority is let's get the, let's get, let's the, get the cash money. up on top. Yeah. I'm ready for 150, $150,000 to give right there. And just, and not only this is the home equity, right? The two mil of home equity. That's what I'm thinking of too. That's your lazy equity. I that you said you got a couple million. Oh, in the, yeah. In the house. I, yeah, yeah. I haven't done any. Uh, yeah. 
So get a HELOC on that, start deploying that. A HELOC on the on that? Really? Because I'm at 2.75 right now on the rate. Who cares? It doesn't hmm. matter. It's not what that's not wealthy people think about. That's what broke people think about. What they interesting. So get a HELOC on the house and then do what with it? Make more than like nothing what you're making in the house. It's just going up with the pace of inflation. This is the big these are the rocks, right? This is all the sand right here. Worry about the rocks first. Gotcha. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, yeah. That'll keep you busy for the next two years. <laughs> so we don't really have to mess around any of this yet. Okay. So can you expand a little bit on the HELOC a little bit? Yeah. So, you know, you've got your home is mark. What's the market price on your house? 2.1 to 2.3. What do you owe on it? Okay. So you have about a million or so of equity. You're at like around 50%. So you could probably borrow about 800 grand, I'm guessing, at least, at least 700. So you, okay. know, you, you could add that to your 400 right here. You've got at least 1.1, 1.2 that you can deploy in the next day if you want to. And that $1 million if at 10%, that's 100 grand right there, tax-free. Free. Well, how does the HELOC work? I, I guess maybe I don't understand that. Because then I'll be paying, uh, if I borrow that 800 my my payment goes up considerably, doesn't it? Yeah, so th- this is a mindset thing, right? Sure, the HELOC, there's a payment associated with it, mm-hmm. but who cares if you're making, if you're paying 2%, but you're making 10, 12% at the net. Right. Yeah. And this is the same thing that people have, the same thinking with infinite banking policies, right? If I'm paying 4 or 5% on my infinite banking loan to myself, there are payments accruing, but you're not supposed to worry about it because you should be making 10, 15% in the other investment. It's just a delta between the two. Yeah, it's just exactly. a mindset thing. Yeah, my mindset was to the strat tax strategist. I'd rather pay a, a tax strategist $10,000 if he saved me 10,001. You know, not pay, you can pay yourself 10 grand now. Just, yeah, like you, this, these, this stuff, what to do at this is that's the hard decisions, but you don't need to make them yet. But right. what I'm thinking is you have so much money that you could probably just place this in your home equity, make an extra $10,000 of passive cash flow tax-free every month, and you'd be good, I think. I'm not actually following what you're saying there, Lane, on the home equity thing. You can take eight hundred grand out of your home equity and put it into deals or investments. And you can put another three hundred, four hundred too. So that would be $1.2 million. Yeah, $1.2 at 10%. That's right. 10, grand, 10 grand a month. Yep. Yeah, so you pay the ten grand. You get so you actually get the ten grand, and then that actually allows you to pay the additional costs on the house that you increased. Up. Yeah, but which is negligible. Is it? Let's call it eight grand. Living hairs on me, John. You're doing the engineering thing again. If you had, let me ask you that your personal finance is pretty well. We'll go yeah. back to the summary tab. This is what's happening. You're still netting 13000 13, a month. If I added another eight onto here, now you're netting $20,000 a month after deploying that with those funds. Does that change your life? Are you still going to work? What's happening? My whole plan was if I ever netted twenty two, dollars $25,000 a month, I was going to retire. That was my plan. Shoot, what are you doing? What are you going to work next week for? But, but that was like, so that that's my whole point, right? Like you have so much money and you're so inefficient right now. If we just did that with you and we have to place this money and then that 800 grand, your equity, your FI, your what we call zero gravity, zero G, your network will continue to grow and you can quit your job. That I don't even need to deploy any of this stuff. This is all overkill. And and therefore, this is what's fun, right? Because now I'm like, all right, John, if you don't need this stuff, I'm just going to leave it in here. You never need it. And this right. is what you can give your kids. You can give them an IRA, Roth IRAs. 
but then I've also had clients where their parents um, pass away and then their parents give them an IRA or an Roth IRA and it's a complete pain in the butt because you got to take mandatory distributions from it. But that's another story. Like you don't have to touch this money because you don't need to eat it. So leave it in the IRA. And that's a very rare circumstance. Interesting. Okay. No, I like, I like the idea of doing the 800. I, so how do I go get this HELOC? What's the approach to, to the Not any bank. It's pretty much a commodity, man. I don't know. There's some folks in the foam where like they they kind of optimize and find that one random obscure bank. I don't know what it is because I don't get HELOCs personally, but you can go to whatever bank, you get whatever rate. Really doesn't matter. All the rates are the same. In the HELOC, what does the HELOC actually do? I, I guess I've not really done Yes. Yeah, so the bank, okay, your house is worth X, right? On the market. You, you don't owe that much on it. And your bank is like, all right, yeah, John, we'll lend you the base. Yeah. yeah. And it, they'll take it all day. That's an easy loan for them. That's why the rates are so low. And that's why it's a kind of a commodity. Okay. And then once you take that though, so now you, you are you paying additional money on that 800K? Yeah, but it's pretty negligible. And some HELOCs, they'll just make it like interest only or they'll take it from your, your equity in the house, which is negligible too, but at that point. Because then you're taking that money plus let's call it 200. So I'd like to put 200,000 and they call it 200 out of this. My wife is one of those rainy day persons, right? She's, oh, what happens if- That's what the infinite banking comes in, but don't worry about that yet. You got to convince my wife on this one. On some I know. You know that. She's yeah. that person that is very conservative, ex- extremely conservative. This is where I would design you a more holistic plan, which kind of takes those concerns in, which isn't as optimized, but it's more conservative to appease those concerns. Just to get it to show one year and then the next year's- like I told her I was going to take the uh, $10,000 into Z from, we call her in a crypto thing. And she's like, oh, should we? I'm like, yeah. And then I'm getting 10% back per month on that. But look at the big picture. You got 800 grand in your house, not doing anything. You have 400 grand of liquidity, not doing anything. It cares about what you made on that $10,000. The strategy we were thinking of is we were going to try to find a house that we could just fix up. We're going to sell this one for $2 million, pay it off, and then have a million dollars that... And then basically live in, San, live in California for, for free and not have to pay any payment. That was the strategy we were thinking of. It sounds like a lot of pain in the butt in the process, though. It is. And in, in the whole process, you got a $1.2 million house here is junk nowadays. So she doesn't want to do that. She likes the house here. We have a pool. And that's where you have to like trade within your own household, right? I mean, you got to negotiate. Some people, it sounds like maybe you just offer up, hey, we'll just keep the house and I'll keep at least half a million dollars of equity in there. But hey, let me try and get proof of confidence in this other stuff. Maybe that's, and from their perspective, yeah, as long as we keep the house and we stay above a certain loan to value, yeah, try it out. That's not how it goes. This is great. So let me ask this question. Do you provide guidance on that? How does this approach work? I mean, this is all just... Let me do something real quick for you right now. Just shoot it from the hip. What I would do, now that I hear that your spouse is like that, what I would do, I'm going to build an infinite banking policy for her. So what I would do is I would throw in a quarter million dollars every year for six years, whether that's on her or you, probably her because she's a woman and she's cheaper. I would, yeah, I would throw in an infinite banking policy where you put in quarter million dollars every single year. You max fund that thing for at least a couple of years. You only really need to max fund it for one year so it doesn't decay on itself. You're saying 250000 and 250 again? Yeah. For after the five, six years, there'll be a million dollars in there. But the whole- Where, where does that money come from? That's what she's going to ask. So that's going to, the first year is going to come from that liquidity. 
and maybe even the second year is going to come from liquidity. But the whole idea is you invest through it. It's a pasture. Yes, you're paying the fees, but the fees make sense. There's a break-even point, usually around year two or five, somewhere in there. But that's your kind of your base, right? It's you can point to that as always being there. It's a lot more safe than these bank accounts. And then I can get rid of this term life insurance, right? These terms. Yeah, because you're buying a boatload of insurance. That's right. way exactly. better. Yeah, you can get so rid of that term. Life. Give another 400 bucks a month and then just keep the one that works. Yeah. And then. Does that go to both of us? How does that work with the, the this infinite bank? Oh, thing? it's only going to go to her or whoever is the policy. You can go a $5 million policy in each of you and put in 150 each too. But okay. if you want the insurance part, it just makes sense to me. Why, if you, why wouldn't you want talk, to? Yeah, talk to the agent about that. Go to the, yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll connect you. The, but it's just, just moving forward on this, right? Like then maybe next year, 2022, you start investing into several deals at 100. You get that proof of concept going. So this is going to take a long time to really deploy all this money. But by, by doing that big initial stuff of infinite banking, at least you're making four or 5% tax free on that money as opposed to not doing anything like how it is right now. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's literally, I've, I've had this conversation with you before. It's yeah. literally driving me nuts. It's just and, and then you invest that and next you keep doing that for another year and then another year. And then you're for the most fully deployed at that point. You're in 10 deals. You've got $750,000 cash value, which you ran through there. Probably your cash value will go down because you start to invest that money, which is what you want to do anyway. And then How is that lane? So one of the questions that always comes up is what happens if you lose your job? If I lose my job down the road, there's always possibility. Yeah, you can get that, the, right? you can get the cash value. It usually takes like a few days to get it back into your bank account. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. pretty much instant liquidity. Okay, cool. And that's the concept is like banking from yourself. Like it's technically not a bank, but it is, it's not much secure, but yeah. that's the idea, right? Your exactly. personal fault. And you start investing, you're in, but this is how I do things, right? Like, it would be irresponsible for you to listen to a guy on the internet and just take his advice, even though you understand what the heck is happening in terms of taxes, what you're trying to do long term, and we're trying to get to to build this passive income portfolio. Mm-hmm. But that's where the mastermind comes in. Like now, you go talk to and just talk to six or seven different couples, similar backgrounds, similar income, similar like net worth. Yeah. yeah, there's eighty of them. Go talk to four or five of them and learn the lessons learned. Have them a- answer. Everybody had the different hangups when they can talk you through it. And the more important thing is you go through this process and you start to build relationships with these people. Right? These are the people that you're going to put your head together as you transfer that wealth to those three roadblocks that you just were talking, just yelling at, right? When yeah. they grow up. That's what I try to do is trick you guys into interacting with each other to build those long-term relationships. But then you come back six months later and you've talked to all these people and you've changed my strategy a little bit, but you've taken ownership over it. And that's what I want. And then we go connect you with the right service professionals, CPA, tax attorney, lawyers to make this happen. Uh, That's the process. Okay. I keep on getting calls left and right from the folks in, in Las Vegas, Toby's group. Yeah. But do the work yourself empower yourself to have the right conversation. But part of that is building the relationships with other passive investors, your colleagues, build your own family office. Family offices are made for people that are a hundred million dollars greater. Well, what oh, do we all do? But what do you do when your net worth is one to $10 million? You right. need a peer group. You need to group coach it together. And that's what the family office Ohana Mastermind is all about. Yeah. 
but that's so, the procedure. Yeah, you know, let me make sure I understand. We've talked a little bit about things. So from a strategy standpoint, obviously you said, you know, talk to, to folks in the mastermind. And You're coming to Hawaii, right? When is it? Sign up. When is it? Uh, January 14th to the 17th. Oh, I'll be in Florida at that point for work. Maybe next year. But uh, I'll definitely come to Hawaii because we love Hawaii. We come to there. We try to come there at least once or twice. The meeting up no. with you, the, the, the key is other people, right? Accredited investors, pure passive investors. That's who you need you, to meet. Can you put me in contact with people here in California so we can like trade war? No, you got to join the mastermind group, man. It's pay to play. No outsiders. Ohana yeah. only. That's how it works. Because if everybody found out, everybody knows about the passive cash flow now. Yeah, A lot been, of people love the empty group. Yeah, you've been marketing yourself pretty well. How you do it off? Well, you guys, like today, I don't have to do anything other than I spend a lot of money on Facebook ads and stuff like that. But as far as like me doing anything, I don't really do anything. You guys tell your friends. Half of all the people that come in today are referrals from you guys. You run with the group, right? So let me make sure we've talked a little bit about things. So you're saying go look at doing HELOC and then also do the infinite banking as well. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, okay. but I, I, that's what I would do if I was like looking over your shoulder, but I know that's going to gum you up and you're not going to get anything done. Prove me wrong. Wow. I've been trying to get this money, <laughs> this other money, just basically in a checking account and, and savings, but I'm earning 0.1 nothing and it's pissing me off. I hate that it's just sitting there earning nothing, but I want to be taxed. I want to use that to cover yeah. my taxes and then also have a I mean, It should be pissing off, man. Like 400 grand at 10%. That's 40 grand. 40 grand a year. What is that? What is 40 divided by 12? $3,000. Yeah. And this, I always use this analogy. It's every, what is 30 days a week? That's 300. What is 3,000 divided by 30? 100 bucks a day. 100 bucks a day. Every day you drive a little bit extra to go to Costco to save $20 on gas. But it's cheaper. <laughs> You're pissing away $100 every day that you don't deploy this. But it's worse than this. You not only have this, but triple that in your home equity. So, every, yeah. so triple this. So it's three more like $300 a day. So six grand a month. Yeah. I don't know. What is something you waste your time on? Like this is the whole thing about throwing money at the problem. You got the money. You just haven't transitioned just, it. No, it has nothing to do with the ambition. It's just time, man. You don't understand with three kids and a full-time job and it, it just wears on you. I spend, and we've been trying to do this real estate thing. And that was, this, you bring up a really good point. Probably should just exit out of that. Yeah. Not, well, we're trying to look just, at buying pretty homes. Just try it out. Right. Not saying we're not saying making wholesale changes right away, but this is the why this is the motivation that you're not, you're not having that six, $900 every day that you're pissing away, but it's going to be slow. You've been doing, you've been focusing all on the wrong thing. Keeping yeah. your, you're really good at keeping yourself busy. Sure. It's just understanding the right focus on this. I understand that. And if it makes sense to do it, it's just like you yeah. said, being an engineer. You're one you, of the worst, man. No, I actually, I'm very not engineer like in actuality. Yeah. You know, right. engineers read everything. I don't read anything. As long as my lawyer that I trust has my back, I don't read a thing. See, that's my point. I want a CPA and a lawyer that I trust and be good. That's exactly what I want. You know? Not out there. You're not going to help out the average Joe investor. The, so the, how did you how did you end up finding your team? I'm Rich Uncle. I run Simple Passive Cash Flow. They find me, and my 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 CPA is and my attorney. Not, I wouldn't say the CPA. The CPA is I kind of I'm just in the same boat as you, right? Like I I tell them what I want because I know what I'm doing. I don't know all everything. I don't know all the what forms. That's their job. But I'm the architect. 
they're the engineers to go do the stuff. Yeah, here's what you want to say. I want to make 10 point, I want to make 12% per month on the market. No, that's not their job. Your job is to be like, hey, here's what I'm trying to do. Like, you notice my HEI is 300. What I want to do is specifically push this up to 330 by taking all this stuff. This is what the why I'm trying to do it. Can you look at how much passive activity losses I have? Maybe we can use some of this. We didn't really get to the real estate professional status with you yet. But yeah, when you join the family office group, that's what people are always trying to implement, especially with a spouse being a teacher that doesn't make that much money. It's ideal for you guys. It's a complete no-brainer that you guys wouldn't like that. That's not your CPA's job. Your your job is to talk to the CPA and say, hey, we've already put ourselves in this position to do real estate professional status. This is how I quantified my 750 hours. Here's the logbook if you need it. What I would like to do is I would like to use $100,000 of my passive activity losses to lower my income to this much because of this. What do you think of it? Let's have an educated conversation. It's like how we've done it here. If you see most CPAs, if they're smart, they don't want to work with you because you're a pain. So there's an art to this. I think that was a good call. We got you down the road a little bit. I don't want to overwhelm you too much. No, you're not overwhelming me at all. I mean, this is stuff that I've been talking through all the time. I appreciate this. It's just one of the things that, that really helps is trying to find what the, these next steps are, understanding that. So it's this process that you talk about, right? So it took me forever to try to get all of this information here for you because it's scattered all over the place. And so it was actually a good exercise because I had done it before differently, not on this level, so to speak, but I wanted to track it all for my wife to, in case anything ever happened, she would be able to find where all the skeletons are, so to speak. Yeah. Mm. 70, 20, 10 rule, my friend, that you've just digged into the 10%, which is the academic stuff. The 20% is the people building relationships with other passive investors for her to build relationships with passive investors. Just in case you die, she knows who the four, five, six people to go to, to confer and you know, get guidance from people who don't have any skin in the game that aren't their CPA, that aren't their lawyer. That's in my opinion, is the formula. If I died, my wife kind of knows who to go to and who to trust. And of course, take the data points and come up with her own decision. But then the other 70% is doing it, getting down the road, doing it. So you've done the 10%, but you got to work on the 20 and the 70. Yeah, that's the difficult part right there. It's, it's just carving out the time to go do that kind of stuff. If, I, if it was just my wife and I, I'd have all the time in the world and I would totally have been knocking this out apart. If you're spending more than like a few hours in this past investor thing a month, you're doing it incredibly wrong. Really? Okay. I'd spend a few hours a week. You're doing it wrong. You're not efficient with your time and you're probably not interacting with the right people. People ask like the family office group, I don't have that much time. It's like, all you need is four to five hours at most a month. You're good. We designed it so that it's for busy people exactly like you, multiple six figures, families. Yeah. So we cut the crap. We get rid of all the stuff you don't need. Okay. All right. Yeah, if you guys like this, send an email to team at simplepassacashflow.com and we'll see you guys next time. This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.